0: This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the Vice President here at The One Thing Team. In the last episode, we talked about your path to purpose with a friend of mine, Brian Schoenbaum. If you are still trying to figure out why you are here on this earth, it might be a good one to go and listen to. So go back to episode 57 and check that one out. In this episode, we have a powerful conversation With a woman who has enjoyed a very successful career, the thing that I really respect about her is that at the heart of her success is values. This episode, we are going to talk to you about the importance of values in your business. While you may or may not be familiar with Dwyer Group, which she's the co-chairwoman of, you may have heard of many of their brands, Mr. Reuter, Molly made, Mr. Handyman, Mr. Appliance, Mr. Electric. This is a company that has been around for 36 years and in the last three years has grown by over 100%. I don't know many companies that number one, last that long and then continue to enjoy that level of explosive growth because the one thing they have focused on has been the values of their business and making sure that they build the systems to ensure the values are present in everything that they do. If you are a business owner, if you are in a leadership position in an organization, take close notes because the woman you're about to meet is gonna share incredible value with you that you can take action on immediately. With that, let's get into my conversation with Dina Dwyer Owens.
1: Eating healthy is an investment
0: So Dean, I know when we when we spoke a few weeks back, um, I mentioned how it was must have been three, four years ago where I remembered meeting you at another event and and just hearing you stand up on stage talking about not only what it means to build a really great business, but to get clarity on your values, the things that you want to stand for, the things that you are against, and weaving those into the heart of the business. I remember it striking me at that time, yet Today, it means more than ever before. Because I remember sitting down with Gary and him asking me, what's that mission that we're going to weave into the heart of our business that'll win the heart of the world? I'm still not clear there, but here we are back together. And I'm hoping we can get some guidance through your leadership. Well, I'm here to help
2: any way that I can. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. So let's, let's go back to your career and how you ended up being co-chairwoman of Dwyer Group.
2: So it all started when I was a little girl. <laughs> no, I went to work for my father at an early age. I was actually 12 uh, when he put me to work at a car wash he had. So I was doing all the selling at the gas pumps. He wanted me to learn sales. Um, so I'd be selling polish waxes and detail jobs And then I moved into, of course, high school and college. At the same time, I was still working for him, whether it was restaurants or the franchising business. He had me working in all aspects of the business, but almost always related to kind of sales and marketing. And finally, I'm attending Baylor University. This is in the early 80s. And really frustrated working full-time for my father, had a side job that was a fun job, and then also going to school full-time. And I'm like, you know, something's got to give. This is just not enjoyable. And he said, well, why don't you take a semester off from school, get your real estate license. He had quite a large real estate company he was developing just in Waco and said, I'd like for you to, you know, work side by side with me. And I did that for the rest of that semester, and boy, did I learn a lot in working side by side. So I went to Don Dwyer University. I continued to, you know, get an education outside of just working for him, um, study things I was interested in, and continue to do that today. Uh, but moved into the um, VP of Operations role after my father's passing. He had taken the company public in '93, died of a sudden heart attack in 1994, and we tease, he and I were great friends that going public could kill you, and It did kill him, took some controls away. And at the age of 60, unfortunately, we lost him. But the one thing that we knew we had to do, Jeff, without getting into too much detail about the values is we had to keep the values front and center in the company. So I went on to be VP of Ops. I was later invited by our outside board of directors to be the, at that time, really the acting president and CEO. I was 35 years old, a young lady who had never run a company this size. And the board wanted to give me a chance. So they gave me six months to prove myself. Thank goodness, I was surrounded by an amazing team who supported me and helped make it happen. Uh, but my passion for the, the, the customer, my passion for the employees and franchisees shined through with a lot of help. And so I became CEO for about 15 years. I led the company with a great team of people um, right beside me. And then about three, three and a half years ago, decided it was really time for me to step back. Kind of like Gary Keller, I think he realized at some point in his time of growing the company, it was time to, to step back and let somebody else, who could do a better job, lead the company CEO. And so Mike Biddle is our CEO today, and the company's grown, oh, about 100% since Mike's been in that role. So I think I made the right choice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I'm here to cheer the company on, you know, as we, we think about keeping this culture special and taking it to the next billion in sales.
0: When you do that recap, it makes it sound like it's so easy. Oh, I just knew that I had to keep the values front and center and you know, that's what we did. <laughs>
2: Was it that easy? It's never that easy. Um, I think that it's up to leadership though to make sure that they never tire of keeping the values front and center. And because we're in franchising, you know, what, what does a franchise company do? We take what's most important in a business and we create systems around that so that they can be replicated. So, kind of first things first, let's make sure that we have a clear system around keeping our values front and center and it's simple jeff we We actually gamified our values when my father passed away. He had some clearly written values, but they were more emotional beliefs uh, they weren't really quantifiable. So we took those values and converted them into what we call the operationalized code of values and as we introduced that to our one hundred and twenty five employees at the time, this is nineteen ninety six We said, we need your help, employees. We've never lived these values ourselves. And we think it's the answer to keeping the culture special without our founder here to kind of inspire us. And uh, for 90 days, we want to play the beep game. So we gave this laminated card. It was smaller than this card, but we gave him a pocket-sized laminated card. And we said, for the next 90 days, please study these values. And anytime you catch a management team member violating a value, we want your feedback. And it came in the form of a simple beep. I know it sounds silly, Jeff, but it worked because the employees loved the idea of catching us doing something wrong. So they studied the values and they beeped us right and left. And for about 90 days, it sounded like the roadrunner was racing through our buildings, but it worked. They bought into it.
0: Huh. So I get the idea of introducing it. I love the idea of the beep game. I can already just imagine how effective that can be.
2: Or depressing, but you got to remember there's opportunity for growth. (laughs) (laughs)
0: love the perspective. Um, There's a quote that I heard, which I, I don't know where I heard it, so I can't pay the person proper attribution, but I heard your values aren't your values unless they cost you something. What are the times when you instilled the values, you guys are leading with the values, you're living it, yet then comes the opportunity to grow the business, to increase the bottom line, yet it would have required compromising the values and you had a hard decision to make.
2: You know, when, you, when you're when you that open about your values as we've been, there's an opportunity there to make a lot of mistakes and and to be um, put in situations that are very challenging. But that's, you know, it's what it's all about. If you say that you live this way, you better step up and live this way. And what I, what I won't ever forget is uh, we were growing the company very rapidly. We'd gone from being a publicly traded company to a privately held company and right away acquired an organization that was bigger than ours to fold into one of our franchise brands. And we had some uh, franchisees that uh, were very frustrated with the process, although we had franchise leadership help us think about how do we best do that? Because we knew it was going to be a challenging integration. But we had one franchisee in particular who felt like we had really violated several of our values. And we ended up going to a mediation, and he brought forth, I think there were three values in particular that he said, and you guys didn't live up to this value, and this value, and this value. And as we prepared for this mediation, I told our attorneys, Considering all the facts, I don't agree with him that we didn't live up to these two values, but I do agree with him that we missed the boat on this value. That, And I think it had to do with making only agreements we were willing, able, and intend to keep. Mm. And we had good intentions, but we didn't keep a certain agreement. And the attorneys were like, well, we're not going to talk about that, are we? I said, well, yeah, we are. You know that's going to cost you money. Yes, it is. But you know what? It's the right thing to do. And it's never too late to do the right thing in the middle of a big integration, mistakes are going to happen. And we have to own those mistakes. You know, if it costs us a little bit of money, that's it's going to cost us a little money. we got to do what's right here. Mm. So that was that was real, a real demonstration of, you know, when you can kind of pretend like you didn't. In your gut, you're saying, no, we messed up there. We just need to own it.
1: Mm.
0: For the people who are listening to this, um, you know, we have some people that have scaled some pretty massive businesses, but most of them have not, grown a business the way that you have, they think that it's easy. And they they look at all the the companies that have been, quote, so successful, grown so large, they don't see the scars, all the adversity and challenges that went along the way. And so I think this makes it re- real for them.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you say the scars that we have a commemorative of our founder, Don Dwyer, downstairs in the building here that where you see like 300 300- Items of success, right? Success stories, whether the little mini articles or a gold record he had gotten, you know, all these great success stories. And I tell the, uh, the folks who are visiting us for the first time, I'll say, but deep in that wall are all the adversities you can't see or will ever see that he had to go through in order to get those successes that he had. So we're all going to be faced with challenges. It's, are you tough enough to make it through those challenges? And uh, I think it was Robert Shuler who said, tough times never last, but tough people do. So I'm going to give you two more examples. And again, I have plenty of them, but one is very personal and has to do with me not living up to a value. And this was in the last, call it 15 months. There was a situation where there were some comments about some folks and I got caught up in the conversation. And one of our values, by the way, that our employees created was never saying anything about anyone that you would not say to him or her. Mm. Think about that. Never saying anything about anyone that you would not say to him or her. And I was talking to other folks about it, trying to be very factual in the conversation because there were some concerns. I left that discussion feeling like I had just violated one of our values. I, I had to make a decision to personally get on the phone and call the two folks that I had talked about in this conversation. It, it was at a professional level, but it was about something personal And uh, I had to apologize to them. They had no idea I had had that conversation. I'm not sure they would have cared, to be honest with you, but I didn't feel good about myself. I thought the only way to rectify that is to get on the phone and have a private, confidential conversation with each one of them separately and let them know that I was sorry that I participated in a conversation that I had not had with them. And so in all fairness, I need to have that conversation with them. Uh, Even though, you know, some of it was none of my business. And I said that, you know, this is none of my business, but just want you to know that um, I had this conversation. I'm sorry. I respect you and uh, respect our relationship. And if you don't want to talk to me again because of this, I would understand. So that was not that long ago, Jeff.
0: How did they respond?
2: Graciously. Mm. So gracious. And you know what I found is when we as leaders are willing to admit when we've made a mistake and we're going to make them. When we're willing to admit that we made a mistake, it's amazing how almost always the other party <laughs> owns up to their mistakes too. Because you know we all have our, our downsides. Yeah. And my experiences as a leader, when you're willing to say, "Hey, look, I messed up, and I'm and I'm sorry. How can I make it up to you?" Or I, I can't make it up to you. And I understand that, and I'm very sorry about that. And I've learned a big lesson from this, and being humble about it. Gosh, it's amazing the uh, the trust level goes up another notch instead of you removing trust you increase trust we had a
0: conversation with lee cockrell who was the former executive vp of operations for disney and he said at the end of the podcast if you go through life doing the things that are easy life will be hard yet if you do the things that are hard life
2: will be easy yeah it's it should be so complicated right just keep it simple
0: can you can you go through what your values are? Because you've, you've mentioned two of them and
2: both of them. I'm going, those are really great ones. I want to know what the other ones are. So the theme is, so we have a mantra um, called Living Rich. So we say we live rich at Dwyer. And the rich stands for respect, integrity, customer focus, and having fun in the process. And under each one of those four core areas, we have very specific values. For example, under respect, respect. <laughs> We're in the trades businesses. So one of our values is speaking calmly and respectfully without profanity or sarcasm. So as an example, you know, not all trades people, but some trades people might have a bad habit of using profanity and they don't even realize they do it. So when we were playing the beep game here, you can imagine that most of the beeps came from the use of profanity back in those days. Mm -hmm. The good news is, is people can break those bad habits. I, I didn't have that habit. I have a sarcastic habit that I had to break, but It's amazing how people can, in fact, change. So that's an example of a value Uh, under respect, under integrity. A good example of a value would be looking to the system for correction and proposing all possible solutions when something is not working. Uh, What I find people do, and leaders are just as guilty, is sometimes when things are not going right in in our relationships or organizations, we point the finger, right? We find somebody to blame it on. And I believe that most challenges we're faced with in business, are systems challenges. Mm. Either we don't have a system to prevent this challenge from happening, or we have a system that we haven't trained people well to the system, or maybe we have an antiquated system that needs to be updated and then retrained to. And it makes, gosh, being a leader so much easier. Here we go again with do it right the first time, you know, create those good systems. And again, we're in franchising, so I have to think about everything as systems. When this, you work the system, the system works, right? And you find success. So when things are broken or appear to be broken in our business, instead of pointing the finger, we say, where's the system broken? Is, is there a systems issue here? And almost always it's a systems issue. And then I'll just jump to customer focus. Uh, that's the kind of the third leg of the rich. And that has everything to do with continuously striving to maximize internal and external customer loyalty, much like Disney. We think of our internal customers as our employees. Our employees are really a customer in our eyes. and We take good care of them. We provide them the tools, the resources, the training, the constructive feedback when they need it, and the praise when they've earned it. It's an amazing thing. They do such a good job in taking care of our customers, which are the external customers. So that's kind of one value out of the third category. And then, of course, having fun in the process. We didn't even try to identify (laughs) all the potential things that could be could go with that because fun can be defined in so many ways and it's all about healthy fun. Uh, you know, fun can be at the barbecue we had for our employees uh, pre 4th of July on, on Monday. We had a great cookout. We had a band in the parking lot and we had a, a wonderful time. And, you know, fun can also be defined as getting out bonus checks. Boy, that's fun. You know, we get to put out bonus checks for people who've just done such a great job. So fun can be defined in different ways, but fun should be incorporated into your, your work life.
0: I'm curious cuz this is where um a little over a year and a half into starting this business. The the first year that I took action, I didn't really identify what my values would be. I'm one of the first things Gary ever said to me is we invested 5 years writing the one thing so that the bar for quality would be here, your job is to raise the bar not lower it. So I knew like that that was quality, the the value of quality was put out there day 1. Yet I focused on just selling and started to notice the shift in how people interacted with the brand. And finally, the day came where I looked up and said, Oh oh my gosh, if I keep doing this, there won't be a business. That's a problem. Yet I've gotten clear on what matters based on where I messed up, but I still am not clear on where our values are. What was that process for you and your team to get that clarity? And for
2: anybody listening to this? Well, first, let me mention that I've got a gift for your listeners, and it's the Create Your Culture workbook. So they can just go to DinaDwyerOwens.com and download that workbook for free because I'm passionate about helping other people get clarity about their values and putting a system around their values so that they do remain front and center. The world would be a better place, Jeff, if we as individuals did that and we as leaders of organizations did that. So that's available to them. So the first step really is is identifying what's most important is is we think about values and in the workbook there's like 130 potential values that you can circle and say well this matters to me this matters to me this matters to me and then you have to kind of net it net it out you know maybe we've got 15 what we call uh, value statements you know and that's okay that's a lot some people say that's a lot but we like to be very clear about what we mean by respect and integrity so i'd say first get clarity about what are your core values what are the things that are most important maybe it's respect maybe it's customer service, uh, maybe it's community service. What are those things that are most important to you? And then get alignment amongst your team. And in the workbook, it gives you a chance to do the exercises separately. So you might get your leadership team together, do the exercises separately, then come together and compare notes and then say, who do we want to be? You know, these might be important to all of us, but who do we really want to be as an organization? And then pick, pick the top ones. And then move into a process of being very specific about the behaviors you expect with each one of those values. Again, like under under integrity, another one of our behaviors, if you want to call it that, would be operating in a responsible manner above the line, which is also accountability, right? So look above the line. The word is accountability. Below the line are words like blame, justification, shame. They're all waste. So that's one of our core behaviors that we expect under uh, the word or the value of integrity. And then create a mantra. You know, at Dwyer Group, we say we live rich and Living Rich is really about treating people with respect and dignity. So it's the theme. When you walk around the campus, you know, we talk about Living Rich at the Dwyer Group. It's not about money. Um, It's about people and how we treat people. At the end of the day, when we live rich at Dwyer, it's amazing how the profits follow. Mm -hmm. uh, So I think a mantra just makes it fun uh, for the team and actually more memorable. So you might be able to create some sort of an easy acronym that people then can remember the core values to because we, we invite our employees and franchisees to recite the values by heart, with heart. So that's another exercise for internalizing the values. And when you do that and you do it over and over again, uh, like every meeting of three or more, we review our values, sometimes all 15, Sometimes we might focus on the one value that we're getting some negative feedback on. You know, maybe we're not doing as good responding timely as we need to be, for example. So we might focus on one or we might tell a story of uh, a franchisee or an employee who has recently really exemplified the values. And then you've got to test them. So I think you've got to put them out there. Uh, I think, as a leadership team who's putting values in place for the first time, they should play the beep game. Borrow our idea. <laughs> you know, play the beep game. Give your team an opportunity to study your values and catch you not living up to the values. And that's a great way for the leaders to start catching themselves, right? And start beeping themselves. And then go into measuring your performance. Once everybody's agreed and you kind of make it, this is gonna be the way of life. This is a system for how we're gonna keep it front and center. Maybe recite them at the beginning of all meetings of three or more or five or more, whatever works for your organization. Then survey your employees maybe on a, an annual basis and say, how are we doing? And let them answer the question on each one of the values, maybe on a scale of 1 to 10. How are we doing? And then total it up. Are you making an A as an organization or are you making a C? If it's a C, got lots of work to do. And there's always going to be work to be done because we're not a perfect company. We've been doing this 36 years. There's always work to be done. You're always hiring new people. Uh, You're, you know, again, indoctrinating them into the organization, the culture. The good news is, is when you're clear about your values and you have a great system for keeping them front and center, they actually attract people to your organization so it does make doing business easier over time.
1: Mm,
0: that system word cuz that's what's sticking with me so many people um, act entrepreneurially they jump out of the plane and build the parachute on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you keep saying you keep saying that system word. I love the idea of sharing it at all meetings of three people or more. What are some other things that systematically people can start doing to really bring this front and center?
2: Yeah. Rewarding uh, behavior. So we also like to reward our team members who, again, exemplify the values. And so we have something called uh, the Liberace Award, where associates can nominate one another when they've observed an associate really living the values. Uh, they can nominate them. And of course, there's monetary prizes uh, for those those associates who get that recognition. And at the end of the year, we have a really big kind of the overall Liberace Award winner who gets a coveted parking space. Uh-huh. On our growing campus, that is worth a lot. That's, That's a big deal.
0: A <laughs> it's almost like New York City.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Right. In, in Waco, Waco Texas. Yep. Yeah. So you can do things like that. They can earn. Um, I just had actually in the next last week, I've had two uh, notifications. One of our franchisees employees just recited the values, what we call by heart with heart. And then one of our own team members um, just recently recited them by heart with heart. So they get a $40 gift card and they can go um, to our little promo store and they can buy uh, a logo shirt that says, I live rich. You know, it's kind of, you have to earn that. You don't just get to buy a shirt with that emblem on it. So that's kind of fun. So you can kind of, show off the fact that you're somebody who really gets the values and is working hard to live them. So there's lots of fun things you can do. Uh, we play games at our Founders Day celebration where, you know, who knows the code of values and they got to build a puzzle out of it. There's just all kinds of stuff.
0: So up until this point, you got a sense for Dina's background. From a very young age, her father began to indoctrinate her into all different sides of the business and always trying to give a focus to sales, she ends up being groomed to take a leadership position in this company and has done an incredible job scaling a company that has values, true core values at the core of the business. While she was talking, I couldn't help but turn the tables and ask for some guidance because this is an area of opportunity for us. We have an opportunity to get more clear on our values. And so I asked Dana for help what would you suggest you know here here i am learned a tough lesson in the first 12 months uh, realizing that if i focus on sales if i focus on what's best for us we may, might get short term gain but we lose long term trust right. this year you know launching this podcast was the lead domino for it if we first and foremost focus on bringing value to other people and I made an acronym serving them. Every single inter- interaction, they should feel special, they should feel respected, and they should get value.
2: Those are good. Yeah. So I think, yes, I think you're off to a good start. And, and I would say, so what do we do to make people feel special? Maybe there are some systems um, that you expect your team members to live up to that creates that uh type of experience. So I would just say, you know, take it down. Download the Create Your Culture workbook, Jeff. <laughs> I'm going, you betcha, you I will. Take yourself through the process. And it's, you know it's worth taking your team away for a day and having a retreat. It's not that this is a hard process, but it does take your undivided attention. The one thing <laughs> that you might set to do that day is let's get clarity on our values and agreement amongst the team members that this is who we want to be be sure to put the behavior statements with them so there's a real way to measure whether or not we're living up to it.
0: I love that. I think my biggest challenge this year has been um, when I do take action and make sure that people feel special, respected, and get value, I've seen the momentum that builds. Yet then you have all of the models and systems that everybody who has built a business like this before says these are the proven methods. This is what is proven to work, yet it conflicts with the values and finding that way to still lead with revenue while still honor the values, that is a real struggle.
2: Jeff, it can be done. I mean, if you look at some of the greatest companies today, some of the ones that I most admire, you know, a Disney would be one. Uh, you said you had Leon earlier. You think about a Chick fil A, Keller Realty, and look at Keller. Keller's got what, 160,000 agents? That's incredible in a very short period of time. And if, people go onto the the Keller website and they see what their values are. It makes sense to me that they're growing at that pace, right? God, family, business, have have your priorities straight. And then they do have very specific values though. I mean, it is, it's clear about what, what are the behavior expectations? It's got to be win-win. You've got that whole.
0: Y4C, two Ts.
2: Yeah. I haven't memorized that one yet, but um, the clarity is there at Dwyer, you know, A company that's 36 years old doesn't grow at 100% in the past three years without having done something really right, building a foundation that's solid. Because what's happening today is we're attracting people who want to be part of what we've created here because their values are aligned with our values. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful place to be uh, when you have people, you know, really wanting to come join your organization because of, of what we believe.
0: Yeah, well, and, and especially the business that you are in, being a franchise business in the trades business, to think that you've had that type of success over that long of a track record and still having that type of growth, I think that's the payoff, right?
2: It, it is, and we we don't even we can't even predict what the future might look like. We just launched a new brand. You and I may have talked about this briefly. Um, it's called uh, Neighborly. So it's getneighborly.com dot com, and it's a community of home service experts. Had we not had clarity of our values, and built this organization on leaders. And it's not just the you know the people running the business. Everybody that's here is a leader because they're influencing somebody else. And leaders that are living by the values to the best of their abilities, striving to do it every day, knowing that we're going we're to fail sometimes. But it has allowed us to create an organization, our franchise family, who works hard to live by our values. And now we can go out to the consumer and say, look, we feel so good about what we've created here because what you've said to us, consumer, is... We're a brand that represents a neighborly experience. Our consumers said, this is how I would describe my experience with one of your franchise companies, helpful, friendly, courteous. So tie that right back to our values, Jeff. It's everything that we've been building on for 36 years. And I I am certain we would not be where we are today with launching a brand like neighborly.com had we not had the foundation of our values and continued to be very vigilant in who we hire and making sure they're aligned with our values as well as who we award franchises to. We're not right for everybody. Everybody's not right for us. We've got to be selective in who we award a franchise to because if we pick the wrong partner, we're going to have a problem, right? If they don't live up to the values because it's all about money, at the end of the day, we're going to have a challenge and we may have to ask them to leave the system because they don't represent who we are.
1: Mm.
0: You've given me a lot to chew on and I will be downloading the workbook and folks will link to that in the show notes as well. Dina, if you could compel them to get an action, if you could leave them with one message for them to really sit on and to, to, to think about how they can incorporate that into their business, what would that be?
2: Yeah, I would say close your eyes and think about how you'd want the customer to describe the experience that they have with your company. If the company, if they, they could describe it in one word, what would that word be? that you want the customer to say about your company. And, and, and close your eyes, not just for a minute, close your eyes for 10 minutes and just sit and think about what is that one word and then build your values around that. And yeah, you know, that, that's, that's the best starting place that I could say is how do you want customers to describe you in one word? What would that word be for you? You know, the word love comes to mind. You, you asked me that very quickly. And, and so when I think about the company we're building, I want people to know that they are loved and appreciated. In this company, whether they're um, a gal working the front desk or the largest franchisee that's out there, because I want them to—they're—they're they're loved as part of this organization. And if you read our values in detail, I think that's the experience that they'll have. Mm, I love it. And you called me off but that—that's what came to my mind. So I gave you my first thought. And I and I love
0: that word. <laughs> I loved it. Where can people learn more about you, and where can they get a copy of Values Inc.?
2: If they just go to DinaDwyerOwens.com, they can learn more about Values Inc. They can order it through a link on DinaDwyerOwens.com. And best of all, they can just get that free download of the Create Your Culture workbook. If they're interested, Jeff, in learning about even business opportunities or franchise opportunities, there's also a link there that they can find out more about the Dwyer Franchise Opportunities because we're always looking for great people (laughs) that are aligned with our values. Love it. Well, thank you very much for the
0: time, Dina. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Well, there you have it my conversation with dina dwyer owens the co-chairwoman of dwyer group folks i hope you got some value from this one this is one where i took a lot of notes from the moment i arrived here in austin to start this business with gary and jay it was very apparent that values were at the core of keller williams in everything that we do It was very clear that there were certain principles that I needed to live by if I were to be successful operating inside of Gary and Jay's world. I'm grateful that they gave me the opportunity to make my own way to frankly fail and stumble in the first year because uh, now I look up and realize how important it is that those values be at the core of everything that we do. Transparently, we're still figuring it out. I, it was nice to hear Dina say that our, our motto of serve, making sure that you feel special, that you feel respected, that you feel like you're getting value in every interaction that we get is, is a good guidepost to march toward. I need to continue to refine that. My call to action for you is to pause and ask the question, do you know what your values are? Do you know what those values are that you would be so bold to ask your, your, your customers or your employees to play the beep game with you if you are not living up to your values. Are you so clear on the things that you are willing to sacrifice revenue and even profit for? Because you know it's worth something much more in the long run. When you look at the business that Dina has been a part of building 36 years in to still be thriving and in the last three years to grow 100%, that's a major accomplishment. It's a testament to how important it is that you get clarity on your values. So hopefully this episode has brought value to you. If you have not yet subscribed to the show, please do so. So all future episodes like this will automatically be downloaded to your device. And we hope that you will do us the honor of sharing this with somebody. We can continue to see the number of downloads per episode grow and it's because you're sharing, which uh, that just means the world to us. So thank you. If there's one person you can think of who needs to hear this message, who would that be? Would you be willing to let them know about this? With that, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. And uh, make sure that you check out the Living Your One Thing community, folks. We we genuinely believe this is the most p- valuable premium resource we have created since the book. So go to the onething.com slash membership, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.